In the history of the galaxy, never has a 50-year-old toddler created this much of a stir. Move over, Ewoks. There's a new adorable creature in the Star Wars cinematic universe, and he's making his mark in pop culture history. The surprise reveal of a Force-sensitive. So cute. It's so cute. Frog-loving. I like Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda's amazing. Doe-eyed baby of the Yoda species has set Star Wars fandom a Twitter. I feel like Baby Yoda has united the country. Anything the little guy does, we are all in. Whether he's looking for something to play with, using his baby force, or even having a bite. Hey, spit that out. What's Baby Yoda's whole deal and why are people so excited about him? <laughs> he's a baby! <laughs> he's all the world is talking about Baby Yoda. The Mandalorian's green-eared, wide-eyed, scene-stealer, the child, a.k.a. Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda, everybody! Personally, I'm extremely melted by Baby Yoda. Obviously, in those eyes, intelligence and sweetness and balance of childlike wonder. I've seen it on the set and it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreakingly beautiful. The fans really seem to own it and they're the ones coming up with stuff. They're the ones just, they're professing their love for it is something that I haven't seen uh, to this scale. So what's what's next for, for Baby Yoda? I can't tell you that. Okay. On the set it looked absolutely convincing. You, it made you cry when you saw it. Is he related to Baby Yoda? Oh, well, that, now you're getting into spoilers, so I can't say. There's a lot of theories about, okay. uh, about that. We're all very interested, and we want the baby. What's the reason? Why? Well, we'll have to watch and find out. Or you could tell us right now. I would like to see the baby. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Force Time. My name is Travis and today I am here with a special guest back for her second appearance on the show, Kara. Kara, welcome back to the show. Hello, what is up my friend? How are you? <laughs> Great. How, how's everything out your way? You know, one day at a time, but it's not too bad. We're doing okay. You know. Yes. <laughs> It, the world is in a much different spot than it was a few weeks back when we uh, when we first talked. So yeah, it really is, um, and that was a it was a quick turnaround, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, we were talking about celebration and all sorts of stuff, and yeah, yeah, we'll see if we'll see if that still happens as planned. I can't imagine that it will, but I'm sure it'll get pushback or something. Um, yeah, I've emotionally yeah. and mentally prepared myself for a postponement so whatever happens it's going to be what it is we will all be together eventually whenever it is eventually we'll get there so (laughs) absolutely that's that's kind of where I am too just mentally preparing for the for the worst and that's how like when everything first started changing we were supposed to have playing at comic-con a few weeks ago and it was, I think, two weeks before the big convention in Seattle, I think, uh, that got canceled. And at that time, there was nothing in Missouri. And so I was like, ah, we might get this in. But no, it got canceled like the next week. Yeah. So I knew after that, it was like, okay, things are things are getting serious. And For yeah, sure. so it's been, world is in a weird place. But uh, we thought that it would be a fun idea to talk about a uh, very tiny, big-eared, doe-eyed, 50 year old child, uh, baby Yoda. So, yes. um, but I guess first, 
what have you been up to uh, keeping busy the last couple of weeks? I know with your zines and everything that your commissions and everything, what have, what have you been up to? Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, my, I did lose my job at least temporarily. I work at a small retail shop, uh, which is closed. So, uh, you know, they are going to rehire whenever everything kind of sorts itself out. But in the meantime, I am jobless. So I'm so, so thankful to have the zines and my art uh, to kind of keep me busy, but also to keep me like happy and motivated. I sent out the April issue. I still have to send a few more tomorrow, but preparing that was amazing. And then I also had a sale on some of my prints, uh, which was really successful. And I'm, I'm so like beyond, beyond thankful because it's really helping with making sure that I can have May's issue ready in time. So yeah, so everything's great there. I'm just trying to stay creative. Uh, have fun and and make cool stuff to send people. I love that if I'm sending people stuff, hopefully it's bringing them a little bit of joy. And uh, that's just like all I care about in the world. So it's it's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's I'm I'm very excited for tomorrow. My package is supposed to come in with the uh, <gasps> with the new zine and the print that I ordered the Ray and Kyle. Yeah. So very excited. I'll be checking the mail all day and checking the tracking <laughs> and everything. Excited for that. Awesome. Um, but yeah, no, you can follow Kara at Sacred Something by Kara on Instagram and all the information. Yeah. And all the information for the zines. And I'll try to put that in the show notes as well. Um, Thanks, Trump. Yeah. And but yeah, you can follow her there and check out her um, shop when it's up and check out the zines, information for the zines. It's all um, so great. You will not be disappointed. <laughs> Another thing that the last couple of weeks, so we talked a lot about the super chill group, the blast points, super chill group last, uh, last time we talked and yes. they have done the bat, uh, the last two Saturdays, they have done watch parties for the first one. We did return of the Jedi. And then last night was rogue one. And it was just like the best time. It was so fun. Honestly, like those, they go so fast too. It's like, it just flies by and it's like, it's so fun to read everyone's comments. And I mean, everyone in the chill group is so funny and like, it's, it's just been like the best thing to look forward to. Yeah. Last night was so fun. I'm so excited for next week already. So <laughs> me too. It's fun to have like plans to do something totally. <laughs> you know, while you're just like inside. It's like something to look forward to and, and do. And so, yeah, uh, the Jedi club uh, through the blast point super <laughs> chill group has been been very fun so yeah it's, it's fun to see all the comments um i think last night there was like over two thousand comments on the mm-hmm. facebook post and yeah it's just fun to watch the movie keep up with the comments catch things that you didn't even know existed that's the best thing about oh, yeah. is finding like new things every single time and last night the one that killed me i had never i've seen rogue one a hundred times but right. i had never caught the moment when they're on Edu and Cassian's in the sniper position and Jen's out like going to save her dad and we get K2 like pretty much breaking the fourth wall and talking to the audience and I had never caught that before but Jason from Blast Points pointed it out and I just I laughed for like 10 minutes straight had you noticed that before? I saw that that's so funny yeah it's like I, I saw what I'm trying to think I know I saw a few things for the first time too, just from people saying it. And it was like, wow, especially all the like a new hope details that are in rogue one that 
I miss a lot of that, but it's uh, it's so cool to have it pointed out. And yeah, man, Rogue One is like real good, isn't it? <laughs> it's so good. It, every time I watch so it, good. it just I I just am reminded because I don't rewatch that one as much. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. just because it's a little grittier or there's not like force stuff there, you know, it doesn't get too super weird, but every time I do watch it, I'm like, wow, I need to watch this more often. Cause it's just so good. It's so, it's such a fun watch. Yeah, for sure. So it was just the best time with the super chill group. And yeah, we're doing, uh, doing a new hope next week. So going straight from Rogue so One to new hope already. I, I've watched a new me, hope pretty recently because I watched it for the Obi-Wan issue that I made, but I'm still like, I'm so excited to watch it again. I might even watch like the last 10 minutes of Rogue One before going into it. So it's like straight into it. That would be really cool. Yeah, no, it is. It's so cool to watch them. Just even the other night when it ended and then like it comes up on Disney Plus, you know, it recommends A New Hope to watch right after Rogue One and just seeing Luke, Leia and Han on the Death Star. It's just, just so cool. Totally. But I guess we can go ahead and and talk about our little tiny green friend, Baby Yoda. The world, so, the world needs Baby Yoda right now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, November 12th, 2019, I believe it was a Tuesday when The Mandalorian premiered. Do you remember where you were and what was your first reaction to seeing Baby Yoda? Man, I feel like we touched on this a little bit the last time it was on the show, but... I know I woke up super early, not like before daylight early, but early. So to me, like Mandalorian always goes with coffee because it's always like (laughs) watching it early in the morning. So I feel like I always have to drink coffee when I watch it. But anyway, so that day I definitely woke up early and watched it. And like, you know, with the with the show as a whole, I really didn't know what to expect. Uh, Again, I think we touched on this last time I was on, but like, I I didn't know if it was going to be like, you know, quote unquote for me. I'm not a huge fan of like gratuitous violence, which is just a personal thing for me. And like, I was like, I don't know if it's just going to be like a ton of mindless action kind of. So I didn't know what to expect. And then as soon as I started it, I was like, yes, I love this a lot right away. But then, I mean, as far as the the Baby Yoda reveal is just like, I I couldn't have... (laughs) it's so hard to even explain because like I could not have imagined it in a million years like I think maybe I could have imagined that it would be like a like a young person like a baby or a child but to be a to be a baby Yoda like yeah no I didn't see that coming from a million miles away what about you yeah and you're right we talked about this a little bit last time but I had a very early flight I think it left at like 6 30 that morning and so I woke up I downloaded it to my phone so I could watch it while I was traveling and we got on the plane and right when I got seated like I put the headphones in got it going I was sitting next to one of my coworkers, and the first 40 minutes or whatever however long it was you know I was already love the show and just like okay yeah mm-hmm. like this is this is what I want and then the very end where we see the baby it just like there was two different worlds you know where it's like there was a Mandalorian world before baby Yoda and then like right after the the reveal it's like the everything changed I mean the entire the world <laughs> so like, true. was set ablaze I mean baby Yoda just took over the world I mean, you can honestly, go and that's like, and that's another thing is like, 
the way that it came into that he came into like mainstream culture has been so kind of overwhelming like or at least at the at the very beginning it was kind of overwhelming now it's just kind of commonplace but like those first couple of weeks when people were really getting into it and it was and baby Yoda was like spreading it was like what is this seeing him everywhere all of a sudden was like it was amazing but it was kind of like what is going on like really really very fascinating to watch just the spread through the world was was really something else yeah it was it was so fast and it just it took over and i know that first week actually the first like few weeks it was kind of weird online because nobody wanted to spoil it for people but it didn't matter because the news picked up on it and good morning america and places that just everywhere you looked it was like you you can't get away from it so i know like those first three days it was like all internal and it was like private threads and private messages and stuff but then like after that it was impossible to keep a secret or keep that a secret you know it was yeah um, and i feel like and i feel like some people were maybe trying to not spoil it for like international viewers but like they only just got mandalorian what like two weeks ago so obviously everybody who wanted to see it was watching it however they had to so it's like but yeah no you're totally right that there was that that element of like you don't want this spoiled for you if you can help it for sure it was just crazy and when the reveal happened like i said i was sitting next to my coworker, and i was like and he was gonna wait to watch it because he like he loves star wars but he was right. tired you know it was early in the morning but i was like i was like dude you have to watch this like right now i have <laughs> to talk to somebody because there was only like a handful of people online that i could talk to about it and i immediately like messaged a few people just to to talk about it but it was just right. it was it was crazy yeah, I really just could never have pictured that. And I think that like there might have been some like light spoilers for it out in the world. I'm very much not someone who searches that out at all, but I do have like a friend or two who are kind of spoiler prone. Like it's just it's just how they live their life. It doesn't bother them. And I think that I think my friend Adam who's in the chill group told me that I think he knew something about it and that it was going to happen at some point, but that he didn't know it was going to be the first episode. So yeah, but I, I could have never imagined that. <laughs> so I've said it a million times, but it's like, I really, yeah, they, they blew me away with that for sure. And the, and just even in that really quick glimpse that we get in the first episode, the special effects or the the puppet, I guess, but I don't know if that part was puppet or CGI, but that visual in the first episode was so striking, you know, even it was just like what, three, four seconds, but it was so, it was really, really like, whoa, like high quality. you're just like, what is that? (laughs) You know? Yes. And then they, then they touch fingers and you know, it's like, Oh, (laughs) so that's, that's what this show is going to be. Yeah. And, <laughs> exactly. but yeah, you're so right. It, it, you know, as much, and I love the sequel trilogy uh, and I love all the characters, all the new characters from the sequel trilogy, but baby Yoda, you're right. Just got so mainstream where everybody knows, you know, like most people know who Kylo Ren is in the normal world, mm-hmm. but everybody knows baby Yoda. It's like Darth Vader. You know, everyone knows Darth Vader. Like everybody already knows baby Yoda. Um, totally and it's and become it's, like it's, beyond star wars almost and i think it, it helps that like mandalorian is so at this point is so standalone like that i think a lot more people got into it 
because you don't really need a ton. I mean, it helps obviously to have as much background as like we do, but you can kind of watch it independently of anything. So that really helped too. And then he's obviously so cute. It's like, everybody was like, yes, more of this, please. (laughs) Yes. Regardless of what species he is or what he looks like, like still just completely adorable and is going to, you know, and especially what they do with him with the rest of the episodes, how cute he is. Oh yeah. It's just so good. But yeah, it's, it's brought a lot of people into star Wars. I know I'm going to shout out my friend, Jim online at Jim C Capron. Sorry, Jim, if I'm saying your last name or your Twitter, Twitter handle the wrong, but he tweeted in, he tweeted and said, baby Yoda gave me and my older sister something in star Wars to connect about. She was never a huge star Wars fan, but rogue one made her a casual fan. And then Mandalorian and especially baby Yoda made her a huge fan. It's really cool seeing her so excited for star Wars now. And there's a picture of them uh, at galaxy's edge. And it's just, it's bringing, bringing people together. It's bringing all sorts of people into the star Wars universe, which is just so great. That's amazing. That's how, that's what it's all about. You know, honestly. It is. Shout out, shout out to Jim. Thanks for, thanks for tweeting in to the first time uh, Twitter handle out there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, so we get baby Yoda, super cute, adorable, takes over the world. And then we got episode two on that Friday. So it was only a three, Mm -hmm. three, three day gap between episodes. And then in episode two, at the very end of the episode, we get baby Yoda using the force to stop the Mudhorn, and then mm-hmm. throughout the series, we get him using the Force in a few other ways. He Force chokes Cara Dune, which is like super wild that he does that. Crazy. Uh, he Force heals grief. You know, after he gets attacked by those giant bat-like creatures, uh, and then in the very last episode, he holds the the flames back from the flame troopers and kind of throws it back at him. So he uses the force throughout the series. There's a couple, a couple instances where he tries to use the force, but it doesn't work out. He, mm-hmm. he's still kind of learning it, but what were your thoughts on getting force stuff in the Mandalorian? For me, it was, I thought we were going into the show and it was going to be void of that, which right. I love the force. And I love when it gets weird, but what were your thoughts on, on the force being such a huge factor in the show? Yeah. It's interesting. Cause like thinking back on it and rewatching it this past week, when I rewatched uh, episode two, especially, I remember that as soon as in the very beginning, I hadn't thought about it because I feel like the gap between episodes one and two was so short because it was Tuesday and, and Friday that I, I feel like I didn't really have time to fully absorb everything. So I wasn't even thinking about him using the force. I, it, it just didn't even cross my mind. But then as soon as in episode two, in the beginning, when when Mando is attacked, and Baby Yoda's just kind of watching from the cradle. As soon as I saw him just watching, I was like, oh, I think that he's going to use the Force. It just I, I felt like the way that they were showing him just watching it, I was like, I don't know. I feel like something's going to happen. So then when it happened at the end of that episode with the, the Mudhorn, I was like, whoa, whoa. But it didn't, it's not, it didn't like super surprise me because I felt like it was kind of leading there, but it was still, it was... Yeah, incredible. And each time felt surprising because especially once we saw him first use the force in the second episode, 
then it's in your mind that he's capable of that. So then the rest of the season, it's like you're thinking about it, you know, like, what does Grief Karga say? It was like, tell him to use the thingy or whatever. <laughs> that really good line that do I can the, think of. Do the hand thingy. Yeah. Do the hand thing. Exactly. So it's like, I felt like thing, I was yeah. thinking that throughout the whole season. Like, is he going to do the hand thing? But then, so every time it was like still shocking. It never got like boring. You know, it never got like uh, predictable. It was like, every time was like, oh my God. Yeah. So, um, it's it's really interesting to think about like where that went in the last season and also where it could go next season. You know what I mean? Which we'll talk about yeah, later, I'm sure. No, for sure. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's you're right. In episode two, he kind of he's sitting off to the side watching him get attacked, and then after he does get attacked, he hops out of the baby carrier, which is just so cute, and he like reaches up really right. cute like and tries. To heal him right there and then mando just keeps like putting putting them back in the baby carrier and so i remember at that point i was like oh it's just gonna be a cute gag you know it's a baby's he mm-hmm. thinks he can use the force and then the end of the episode hits and he's holding that mud horn and then he just like passes out which is hilarious too but i was just like oh this is gonna be this is this is big you know like this isn't just a this just isn't a gag it's a it's gonna play into like the universe at large in a big way which i just i i couldn't have imagined yeah with the show totally yeah it's because you're right i did expect it to be more like rogue one in that way like without the focus on the force and with just mostly the focus on like the battle and the way that rogue one doesn't really have any force users more or less, you know, and then it's besides Vader, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, I did expect that type of thing from the Mandalorian. So it was, it was definitely an interesting element to add to it that I did not expect in any way for sure. It's playing a bigger part into the show in the best possible way. You know, it's not overtaking the show at all mm-hmm. it's still kind of a small part about the show but you can tell this is it's leading to it's leading to something big and i'm just i'm just so excited to see where where it goes i agree it's like it's a device but they're they're not leaning on it too much like i don't think they've been overusing baby yoda using the force i feel like it's been like the times that he that we did see him use the force it was very like it made a lot of sense. It didn't feel forced. It didn't <laughs> forced. Sorry. It didn't feel uh, like gratuitous. Like it, it made sense every time that we saw it. And it was always exciting. It was never predictable, which was really cool. He missed. He won't next time. Our blasters are useless against him. Hey, let's make the baby do the magic hand thing. Come on, baby. Do the magic hand thing. <laughs> I'm out of ideas. And so... Baby Yoda and Mando go on quite the journey through their through these eight episodes. They're almost on a different planet. It seems like almost every episode. I think they go to four four different planets. So they start on well. Baby Yoda starts on Arvala Seven, which is Quill's home planet. Then they go to Navarro, where Mando turns him in and rescues him. Then right. they go to Sorgan, where they meet Omera and Cara Dune. Mm-hmm. And then to the most famous planet in the Star Wars universe, Tatooine. And then they go end up on Rand's criminal spaceship. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of journey back to all those planets to pick up all their friends so they can go on this uh, last mission. So do you have a favorite planet that or place that 
Baby Yoda and Mando have visited on their journey. I feel like for me, the my favorite moments all happened probably in the Sanctuary episode, I believe, which I forget which planet you said it is, but that episode where they first meet Cara Dune and they're in the village with the villagers, all those Baby Yoda moments were probably my favorite. Yes, um, Sor- Sorgan, yeah. I think. Yeah, there you go, exactly. Yeah, Sorgan was probably my favorite too for Baby Yoda because at the end, and you knew it wasn't going to end like that, but where he was, you know, he's like, I'm going to leave him here, you know, so he can be a child. And it was just like the sweetest thing. And it was just a beautiful planet. He had young friends to play with, you know, everything like that. Where I would have had it made if, you know, the bounty wouldn't have still been out on this baby. But I did like that they went to Tatooine as well. And it was another one of those things where, you know, I don't know if it it had to be Tatooine, but it it didn't overtake the story. And it actually showed that. I agree. Yeah. And it showed that Tatooine evolved too. You know, they go into the cantina and it's being run by droids now. Whereas in a new home, Mm -hmm. uh, however many years before there was no droids even allowed in there. So I like that it, it has evolved and it was cool to see the, uh, pit droids again too that made me smile i like i like yeah (laughs) i like the any like prequel shout out that we get is is awesome you know we don't get a ton of shout outs to the prequels but whenever whenever we get those and i'm glad that we got that on tatooine because tatooine we're just so used to it being luke's planet you know when in reality like no that's that's where anakin was and that's where all this other stuff happened too um so it it was nice to see that as well I agree. Yeah. And I think what you said, especially like, I think it was really cool to see how it had changed since we had seen it last. And since we had seen it in a new hope, like that was just a cool element to add to it. And I loved Amy Sedaris's character also. And her interactions with baby Yoda was super fun. I'm such a big fan of hers in general. Like I thought I've followed her on Instagram for so long and like have loved her work and, and her brother, David, Sedaris's work for so long that I felt like my friend was in the Mandalorian like I was so happy to see her there so that was that was really exciting too for sure yeah (laughs) I loved her character she was just so funny Pelimoto I believe there you go yeah I think that's her name and Uh yeah she was just (laughs) hilarious it was so the the most recent thing with Amy Sedaris that I've watched is a Bojack Horseman and so she's Mm. Princess Caroline have you ever seen that show I haven't, but I, I'm familiar with the general gist of it. And I know that I've heard it's super, super funny. Yeah, it's it's really good. And it would take me an hour just to explain like the actual premise of it. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, so, it's so weird, but in the best way. Um, but yeah, so she pr- plays a, a cat in that. And uh, so I just, when I saw her, that was the first voice I heard in my head was uh, Princess. Sure. <laughs> she was great. And she was, she was one of baby Yoda's many babysitters as well exactly. so we have there was really five five babysitters that baby Yoda had so we have right. <laughs> we have the Mandalorian we have for a very brief moment the waitress on Sorgan of the little diner or whatever you want to call it uh, mm-hmm. and then we have Winta who is Omera's daughter uh, in the village on Sorgan and then Pelimoto on Tatooine, and then IG-11 after he when he's the nurse droid. Um, of course. But obviously the Mandalorian's the biggest one, you know, or the, the one with the most time with the baby. How would you 
rate on a one to 10 scale, the Mandalorian on his babysitting skills? <laughs> you know, I thought about this <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to say a solid five. And here's why. So I think that the five is growing. I think it's going to be a higher number in the future. But one of the main things I feel like I heard a lot from like the reaction podcasts and stuff that I listened to. And one of my main reactions was like, why is he just leaving the baby in these random places and just being like, I'll be right back. Because like, the thing is like, as soon as you see that he can get out of the cradle, like baby Yoda is mobile. You can't just leave him and think that he's going to be in the same place you left him. Like, come on. Like, especially even in episode uh, three, which is phenomenal, by the way. But episode three, when he brings Baby Yoda back to the client and they're just walking through town with like an open pod. I'm like, dude, like, obviously it was for the visual, which was a stunning visual of him just like looking around at the town and everything. But like, you're just going to let whoever like look in and see I yeah so okay so Mando needs a lot of help as far as maybe I don't know concealing and not concealing but like well yes concealing because everybody's got the fob so that's definitely something that needs work but I will say that I think his compassion towards the child towards baby Yoda and his obvious like instinct to protect him and to to go back for him in the first place after he turned him in that gets him a lot of points so solid five is where i would put him (laughs) as of now (laughs) that's that's about uh, on on an overall across all eight episodes i'd say that's probably where he sits i think he probably starts like the first few episodes probably closer to like a two or three because yeah you're right he just i agree (laughs) everywhere and it's like you know how much this child is worth so you know that the child is important and plus it's a child and yeah he's just and when they go to sorgan and he's like i'll be right back or whatever and then he opens up the ship door and baby Yoda's just like standing there and then they go into the diner and he like pays this waitress who obviously is a bad babysitter because <laughs> baby Yoda just walks right out but yeah he's just leaving him and th- there's no there's no like thought that someone could be close or that someone could take this child and not even if there was a bounty, but just anybody in general close to him. So, yeah, but I do think as it goes on, he, he definitely gets better and you're right. Yeah, the compassion he shows and, you know, I, he's going to have to get a lot better too in season two because they're a clan of two and he is pretty much his dad so who who do you have rated as uh i've thought about this a lot too as you can tell (laughs) yeah who who would you say is baby yoda's best babysitter honestly i mean i lean towards ig11 i think ig11 after being reprogrammed was very much like I mean, I don't think it could get much better than that as far as, like, defense goes, like, being protected. And I think that, yeah, IG-11 would probably be the best one. I wish that that could have been a pairing that would have lasted longer, obviously. But, um, but yeah, that would probably be my... What do you think? Do you agree? or So close. I, <laughs> for a babysitter, if I'm thinking about a babysitter... Okay, so we talked about the waitress. She's out, you know, because 
she it lasted less than 30 seconds and she's busy she's that. just busy that's she is hey a lot going on you gotta make a living i i totally get it i i <laughs> would not want to have to watch a child at work either if i didn't have to exactly. um, so she's out right and then pelimoto like she's a pretty good babysitter right she yeah she that was my second place yeah mm-hmm. she likes she likes the child she cares for the child but she did not do a good job of protecting him against uh, Toro Calican, and so I had to I had to cross her off the list, right? <laughs> so I think that that does leave you with Winta because Mandalorian. We talked about that. He's he's definitely not the best babysitter. Uh, but Winta, who's the child on Sorgan, Omera's daughter. Oh, honestly, yeah, she might be. I don't know. She was pretty good. That was like the perfect environment for Baby Yoda. If like you know, so yes. Uh, Baby Yoda takes like straight to her from the get go. She, so she she loves him from the beginning. Uh, she asks to feed him and, and knows exactly how to do it right away. She lets him play games like they play a catch the tadpole. They're all watching him play that game. Right. Uh, and when the villagers come, the Klaatuians, I believe, mm. when they come, she's protecting the child and keeping right. the child quiet as well. And so she does a really good job there. So. I think that if I'm going babysitter, I'm probably going Winta. If I'm going into war with someone, but the thing with droids, like I said, I've thought about this a lot. Uh, the, the thing <laughs> you had with, a lot of time. It's fine. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. of time lately. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Been uh, been alone with my thoughts uh, quite right. a bit. Just <laughs> late at late at night. Just oh, who's the best babysitter? But the thing with IG Eleven. Very good babysitter. Definitely. I think protector wise, obviously the best protector bedside manners, not the best. I think it's, I think it's okay. And you can tell he does actually like have some compassion at the very end where uh, right before, you know, he sacrifices himself. He, he makes a little comment to baby Yoda. And so he, he does have a little bit about that, but the thing with droids, and I think it's why the Mandalorian is has a thing for droids too. Have you read Last Shot, uh, the Han and Lando book by I DJ Older? I, I own it, but I have not read it yet. So mild spoiler. Yeah, it's fine. Go ahead. The droids, there's droids, and there's a baby Ben Solo, and there's a misunderstanding. We'll say, and I just can't trust programming in the droids to be a babysitter you know so so if baby yoda is my baby i'm definitely calling up winta and asking what her hourly (laughs) hourly rate is and i'm I'm going with her i agree (laughs) (laughs) yes a lot of a lot of time was spent on me thinking about that that very question no but i think you came to the correct conclusion I it's yeah. it's a tough call I, I i don't think you can go wrong with either of them i think uh i think both of them are gonna do just fine i think pelimoto i think she'd do a do a fine job on a normal day where someone isn't trying to trying to get the baby as well that's true but i do feel like with winta on sorgan you said is the plan i right? think that's how you say it it's so i yeah. think you're right but yeah. i think that that was the best environment for him because it wasn't even just winter. Like it was that community aspect, you know, like that is that plays into it. Like it's, it, she's a good babysitter, but also 
she would have the whole community behind her, you know? So that's, yeah, that counts. You're right. Absolutely. And those kids are so happy. Like, you know, they were taking very good kid, uh, care of those kids. And so they're, they're going to reciprocate that to baby Yoda. Totally. So, yes. Yeah. Plus right, right on the little pond there, all the frogs you can eat. Just the best. Perfect. Yeah. perfect. <laughs> can I feed him? Sure. Are you hungry? <laughs> Can I play with him? Sure. I don't think they'll be fine. I don't. They'll be fine. So, what are your top four Baby Yoda moments out of the whole eight episode season? Yes. So. It was hard. I mean, I feel like almost every moment, because I feel like even though he was one of the main characters, they used him in a way that was almost sparingly. Do you know, like the focus was on him in a way that he was like a constant, but it was still like every moment was so, so special. But if I had to pick a top four, one of them would definitely be the reveal, just as we talked about, just because it was so completely absurd, but in the best way. Total mind-blowing, totally absurd, could never have called it in a million years. So that would definitely be my first of my top four moments. That that was so good. And I actually didn't have that one on my list. So wow, I did make, and you're right, most of Baby Yoda's moments were like real quick. And he was kind of a focal point, like you said, mm-hmm. of this, but wasn't the focal point. And like, yeah, he just had little moments here and there that were just, were so good. I, I made a list, like I said, a lot of time, you know, <laughs> yeah. night, not a lot going on, uh, not, not going out too much. So every night right. I had a lot of time to watch the Mandalorian and, and think about things, but I made a list of the cutest baby Yoda moments. I think I came up with over 40. So to limit wow. it down, to four was was very hard so i had to do a lot of thinking but i think my favorite moment is in episode six when they are mandalorians uh with the group i call them the bad batch 2.0 because uh it's uh, bill burr's group and i always forget their names but bill they burr's, were definitely bad so bad that's were that's true but they all and, and i talked about this on, on my, our last clone wars episode but uh they all have like a similar thing to the actual bad batch we have berg who is wrecker you know he's the big mm-hmm. big strong guy uh mayfeld that's his name bill burr. Yep. he's hunter no is that his name no he's actually he's crosshair uh because <gasps> oh, like okay. one of the first lines from Moran, he says like he's one of the best shots you'll ever see. Jian, Jian, who's the Twilight, she is Hunter. She's not necessarily the leader of the group, but she's got she's got the blade. You know, I feel that. Kind of mm-hmm. And then uh, Zero, the droid, is Tech. So I love anyway, Tech. So, Unrelated, yeah. but I just love Tech so much. Tech's anyway. so good. Yeah, it felt like like when I went back to watch The Mandalorian and I watched that episode, it was right after watching The Bad Batch. And it was just like, oh, wow, that's, you know, it's it's kind of uh, not a recycled concept, really, but it's kind of a different twist on that Bad Batch. But anyways, that was a very, very long side tangent about The Bad Batch. <laughs> doing yeah. So it's Bill Burr's group, right? So again mandalorian leaves the baby on the ship which this kind this time his hands are kind of tied but he leaves him on the ship with right. the droid zero 
and we get a shot of zero doing something in the cockpit and then he turns around and baby Yoda's just standing there and it's almost <laughs> it's almost like a horror shot where it's there's not music that goes to it but it's almost that shot where it's like whoa what's baby Yoda doing behind him you know and yeah. zero just gives him the look of he's like I think he says curious and then he kind of starts digging into the Mandalorian stuff realizes there's a big bounty on him and so right. he goes down and it looks like he's about he's trying to kill him and like baby Yoda hiding from zero first of all is just hilarious he's just kind of like peeking behind the corner and everything and then he just kind of disappears and then zero goes with the blaster and is pointing it at him and then baby Yoda tries to use the force and mm-hmm. he's like trying so hard to stop him and then the Mandalorian shoots him from behind but yes. baby Yoda doesn't see the Mandalorian at first and then he looks down at his hand like was that me? Like, did I do oh that? God, like, yeah. Dang. Yeah. Like that's a new force power. Like I didn't know I could throw a blaster bowl out of my hand. You know, that's amazing. And then he sees the Mandalorian, but yeah, that's probably my, that's probably my first, first uh, baby Yoda moment. It's That's a really good one. I feel like every moment in that episode with baby Yoda is on uh, that whole storyline is like really, really good for sure. Really funny. Uh, my next of my four moments in that second episode, when he's reaching up to heal Mando and, and Mandalorian Din Djarin, pardon me, whatever, he doesn't like realize that that's what the baby's trying to do. So he just keeps putting him back in the crib. But I, yeah, I remember like as soon as that happened and then talking about it with people after, it was like he was trying to heal him. What the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. what is going on? So that was really, that's a good moment just because the implications of that before we saw Baby Yoda use that force healing power on Grief Karga and before everything in The Rise of Skywalker to see even just the implication of that was like, what? Like, that was really, that's definitely up there for me. Oh, for sure. It was, it was huge. That whole moment. Yeah. Where he hops out, he tries to do it and then he hops out. I think he tries to force heal him again. It's yeah. Yeah. It's so good. They, the comedic timing too is just uncanny how they did it. It's great. (laughs) Uh, My next moment was in episode seven. So they're going to pick up their crew to go back and, pull off this plan that they have in place to finally save the baby, take out the client. And so they go to pick up Cara Dune and they pick her up and they're uh, in space flying. And Cara, Cara, I think it's Cara. They say Cara though. They go down. I want to believe that it's Cara because that's my name. (laughs) I know. And that's how they say it in the show, but she like did an interview or something. Like I remember a sky talkers episode where they, they were like, yeah, it's Cara. And she's making like Gina Carano was making a Yeah, Gina says it's Cara. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, and it's cool because her last name Carano. So it's like kind of the same, but anyways, Cara, Cara, they go down and Mando go down to the bottom of the ship. And she makes a comment like, like she knows that, the Mandalorian's not a good babysitter. You know, she's like, right. Is is he he okay up there? And Mando's like, yeah, he's fine. He's like, are you sure? (laughs) Like she asked him twice. He's like, yeah, he's good. And then we get a shot of baby Yoda hanging uh, upside down, looking at the two of them, plotting his next move, basically saying like, okay, I have time to get away with something. So then he goes up 
and all of a sudden the the ship starts moving shaking and everything like they can't even stand on their feet because it's shaking exactly. so bad. and they have to climb up there of course like he's messing with buttons and it's just the visual of hanging upside down getting away with it and just messing with the ship was was so good uh, really good <laughs> what's your next one I honestly, in that same vein, it's so it's so memed as of now, as is like everything, Baby Yoda. But the part where he like where him and and Mando are up in the top of the the Razor Crest, and he keeps Baby Yoda keeps pressing the buttons, and Mando's like, "Don't touch that," and then he just keeps pressing it, and, <laughs> and that's it's just good. It's just really good. <laughs> It is. It's perfect. And I, I feel like that's a moment that really got a lot of people hooked too, because it, you're right. It was so memeable because mm-hmm. people were putting all sorts of different songs. Different songs and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so good. No, that's anything where it's just Mandal- just the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda in the cockpit is, is just gold. It's it, gold for sure. For sure. And then kind of along the same same lines and I, I didn't know if you'd have this on your list or not but mm. uh the the sipping bone broth moment yeah I mean, it's just good <laughs> it's hard to make a list without that on it and like i went back and forth because it's it's just so good where it's like ah, oh, it's an obvious one but it's still <laughs> yeah. it still deserves a shout out and that's another one where it's you know where it's so mean i think one of my favorite ones was you know, how, how moms look on Christmas morning, watching their kids open presents or whatever it is, maybe yeah. Yoda sipping the bone broth and um, really good. <laughs> yeah, just that, that whole opening where he just like keeps getting away. And that's how, that's also, this is also a side note, but we get the loaf cat like right before that too. And that oh bar, which, yeah. which is such a good shout out to rebels as well. Totally crazy and great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I think my my last one honestly might be I just really like <laughs> I really like Baby Yoda in, in episode two a lot because uh like a lot of people have have talked about this, but just episode two is so is so crazy because it's like there's absolutely no humans in episode two at all. It's just quill the Jawas, Mando with his helmet on, who is human, but you never see his face, and then Baby Yoda. So, like, that that episode in itself is just, I don't know, it's like modern art or something. But (laughs) everything Baby Yoda does in that episode, I I just, I really love. I really love just, like, the image. It just stands out in my head of him, like, sitting when they first go to negotiate with the Jawas, and he's just, like, sitting on that little trailer and and just like watching them talk like I, I don't know I just everything in that episode it really just like I was obviously already sucked in but then that episode just like locked me in for life you know <laughs> so yes. that's what my that's what my heart says but that's no I, that's totally uh that's totally a good call I that's a really I, I didn't think about that with episode two being basically no basically one human but yeah you're right we don't even see his face but it reminds me of the game that people i don't know if it's a game but people talk about it online like what movie would you want to see uh you can keep one human character but everyone else has to be puppets and it's it's like that but it's actually pretty much real in that it really happened basically (laughs) 
with a bunch of uh, puppets, basically. So uh, exactly. with that, I think I think the funniest one that I've seen is Rogue One and Krennic's the only one where everyone else is uh, puppets. And I just think, oh my god, wait, that, that needs to happen. <laughs> that's probably my favorite one that that I've seen. Just Ben Mendelsohn with a bunch of puppets. Yes, and you know, that's just a how, great idea. How, like, frustrated he is that entire movie and just like how over everybody he is and just think he's he's having to like put up with all these puppets i just it'd be it'd be so good oh that's great and the other thing i didn't notice until i until i rewatched it recently the only thing the other thing i didn't notice about episode two is the the whole part where mando's trying to get into the sand crawler and he like is you know, jumping on it and trying to get to the top of the sand crawler and blah, blah, blah. That whole time, the cradle's just like going along behind the sand crawler. Like, and I don't know why I never noticed it before, but that's yeah. just really funny to me. I really want to know how that thing works. I feel like there's no rules with that thing. Is there it's amazing. Some, there's something on... I don't know. Or is the baby controlling it? Like, I, I don't know. But yeah. Well, no, Mando has something on his wrist. Is that what it is? That yeah, that's right. That controls it because. It opens right? it. Yeah. But I, yeah, I need more information. <laughs> I'm sure that that's, yeah, he's going like 60 miles per hour <laughs> along, along the <laughs> road there. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good. I, one of the, one of the moments that I left off and I'll get my fourth one here in a second, but one of the moments that okay. I left off was when ig11 has him on the speeder and they're like cruising through town and he's just got the biggest smile on his face just yes oh my gosh (laughs) baby that you'll ever see in that moment so good but my fourth favorite moment is a very small one again but when he bites the stormtrooper when so good the stormtrooper they're just the worst i mean that whole scene is so funny because especially I know one of them is Jason Sudeikis and you it can, definitely is, you can yeah. totally tell after seeing that, but just they're so terrible and they're just awful people, but the banter between them is so funny. And then so good. the one just wants to, the one stormtrooper just wants to see it so bad. And he just keeps up making up excuses. And then he finally gets to see baby Yoda and baby Yoda's just like little teeth just bites him right away. And I don't know, that's so good. A very small moment, but it makes me laugh every single time. And honestly, I feel like I have always daydreamed about like what the different troopers like just talk to each. Cause it feels like they're probably standing around so much, just like waiting for something to happen. So I've always daydreamed about like, what do they talk to each other about? So when that, scene happened i was like oh my god why is everything in my head becoming a reality oh that's that's such a good call it's something i didn't right? think about but it is it's kind of like in robot chicken where yes, the stormtrooper exactly. like goes back to, goes home to his family and it's like what's his family life look like and um oh my god. <laughs> there's i don't know if it's robot chicken but yeah when they're sitting at the bar and they're like well the, the benefits you know of working at the death star are really good like my 401k is looking good like they're just normal people so yeah that was that was exactly nice, uh, <laughs> that's so good peek behind the mask there so season one was was insane baby yoda was just just stole the show and it was just so good mm-hmm but there's a lot of unanswered questions about the child and like a lot. And I think probably we'll have more questions than answers on anything that we talk about speculation wise. Yeah. Um, Cause honestly, I feel like there's, 
<laughs> there's only unanswered questions. There's no answered questions. <laughs> you know, it's, it's all just guesses at this point, and that's what makes it so good. There's endless abilities exactly. where they can take this story. But I guess so. In the first episode, we find out that baby, that this child. Uh, well, I guess we don't know it's a child right away, obviously, but that it's a fifty-year-old that they are after. So we know after we see it that baby Yoda is fifty years old. So. Yeah. In the timeline. And I remember reading something about this, like right when it came out, because you know how Star Wars fans are, like they find stuff right away. Of course. Yeah. Into the history. And like, I wish I could just study a class in Star Wars canon history because there's so much that I have no idea about and wouldn't even think of. Exactly. But one of the biggest things was, yeah, the child's 50 years old. And then when you start looking at the timeline, this means that he was born the same year as the chosen one, Anakin Skywalker. Well, because look, I want to talk about this because did you know that before today? Because, okay, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Because I, <laughs> because I was, I was researching to prepare for this podcast and I wanted to get like a rough timeline in my head. So Mando happens, the Mandalorian season one, they're very clear that it happens five years Five years after Return of the Jedi. Great. So <laughs> Return of the Jedi is for ABY after the Battle of Yavin, if you don't know ABY. So that means season one of Mandalorian happens in 9 ABY. So 50 before that is 41 BBY. Great. Before Battle of Yavin. I'm really like having a meltdown over this and I, <laughs> I want to talk about it. So because so I'm like, okay, so I have to look and see if anything else significant happened in 41 BBY. So I go on the, you know, God bless them, Wiki, Wikipedia, we love them. And 41 BBY, the child is born, and then it says like approximate in parentheses. And then it says Shmi Skywalker gives birth to Anakin Skywalker in 41 BBY. So look. There's a chance that that's <laughs> stop laughing at me. There's, no. a chance... <laughs> There's a chance that that doesn't mean anything, but like, why are they so specific? Why do they have Werner Herzog say that he's 50 years old? Look, I just want to talk about it. I, I don't really want to speculate irresponsibly, but that's so pointed to me that it's like, and I honestly did not know that until today. And if that's like a big known fact and I just blew it until today, like then that's fine. But I did not know about that until today. And I want to talk about it. So please say things now. <laughs> so I, I didn't, I did know about, like, I remember reading that, you know, that someone had pointed out, but I didn't. Okay too much about it because I never really sit down and like speculate to myself. But when I was getting ready for this episode, I started, yeah, looking at Wikipedia and doing, and then that came up and I was like, Oh yeah. Like what's up with that? And then I kind of brushed it off a little bit. And then you sent something today and I was like, yeah, like we, we need to talk about that because it can't be a coincidence. It, I mean, nothing in star Wars is a coincidence. Like, it would be the weirdest coincidence of all time in the Star Wars universe because everything somehow or another connects. And how this connects with 
Baby Yoda being this, born the same year as Anakin Skywalker, I yeah. will not know until something comes out. But I will say that the theme of pairs in Star Wars is so prevalent. Interesting. Mm-hmm. We have the Sith rule of two, which Sky Talkers did a really, really good episode about the rule of two. And oh, kinda, yes. Kinda, I know exactly what you're talking about. So, so, so good. Yeah. And kind of the theme of pairs and everything. And we have, so we have the Sith rule of two. We have obviously the twins, Luke and Leia. And then mm-hmm. in the sequel trilogy, we know that we have the dyad with Ray and Ben Solo. So there's something about two things happening at the same time to star Wars. And could it be that baby Yoda was conceived through the force, the same as Anakin, you know, we know the force is never like the force gets balanced here and there, but we now know that it, it doesn't stay balanced forever. Like it's a continuous process. You know, I think that the balance of the force could be a entire, like, five-hour episode speculating on what that actually means because i don't know very true i I don't know if anyone knows like i'd I'd like to i'd like to know exactly what it means but that's a great thing about star wars is that we don't and i'm glad we don't yeah (laughs) Uh, but we know that the force somehow created anakin skywalker and anakin skywalker was the chosen one who was going to bring balance to the force right so that happened um at the end of return the jedi Right. Anakin mm-hmm. brought balance for the time being. And you could say that Luke obviously had a hand in that too. But the force is, throughout the history of Star Wars, it's going to become unbalanced. So was this baby born because this baby's going to have to bring balance to the force someday? Was, I don't know. Did Yoda bring balance to the force one time? And maybe Yoda, because we don't know anything about Yoda's backstory either, which is another great unknown. But there's something there and we get Vader or uh, Anakin, you know, bringing the balance after return of the Jedi. Then we get Ray doing it at the end of the rise of Skywalker. But that, those are the two times that we've seen it, but those aren't the only two times it's ever happened in the galaxy yeah. far away. You're right. I mean, look, it just blew my mind when I found it out today. And I was like, wait, like, are we all okay with this? Like, what does this mean? Do we all know this and I'm just behind? I don't know. So I'm open to it not meaning anything, but I'm kind of the person. <laughs> I'm the person that like, wait, yeah. no, like this was a couple months before the rise of Skywalker. I remember I'm, I, <laughs> you yeah. can cut this out if you want. <laughs> I texted one of my friends and was like, wait a minute, Ray means king in spanish and a king is like an emperor <laughs> right like see nothing's a coincidence somehow that was painfully uh valid anyway yeah. so getting back to it so no it's i i don't know i i there there's something there and i think at some point like who knows what's gonna happen with baby yoda because baby yoda's 50 right where we see mm-hmm. In The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi timeline, that would put Baby Yoda at 75 years old, which Mm -hmm. hopefully Baby Yoda's still alive. I'm thinking that they're not going to kill a child. And then that means he's got another 25 years after that to be as mature as Yoda Hmm. when Yoda started 
training Jedi. So I believe it's canon that Yoda was 100 when he started training Jedi because in Return of the Jedi, I believe he says for 800 years, right? I have trained Jedi. And we know that Yoda's 900 when he dies. So that means mm-hmm. we only have 50 more years until baby Yoda is able well, I guess probably would need some Jedi training like Yoda surely had, but right. it's to that maturity level. And so it's not that far in the future. I mean, that's only 25. If, if the baby is 75 in the force awakens timeline, like where is baby Yoda at that point? You know what I mean? It's interesting because they've kind of created it in this sort of like, in sort of the same way that like rogue one was, which is like, these characters can exist past this, but they don't have to because it doesn't affect really the larger story. So baby Yoda is kind of in that group where it's like, he could still exist during the sequel trilogy timeline, but if he doesn't, like it doesn't really make a difference because we don't see him in the sequel trilogy. So like they could kind of do whatever they want, which is really freeing. And I, I love that for them. Like, that's what I want more of is like these things that, aren't tied to anything in the way that they can, they can explore and kind of like do whatever they want. So yeah. it's really compelling. I don't know. I mean, and again, I'm open to it, not meaning anything that they're born in the same year. Like I'm fine with that. If that's the case, it's just a coincidence or whatever. Like that's fine. But it was just very, it was very striking to see that. No, it was. And yeah, like you were saying with, you know, baby Yoda could still be out there. And that's the thing with star Wars, like the characters don't have to die or whatever. I mean, it it goes back to Ahsoka, you know, in the clone wars where it's like, okay, they're introducing Ahsoka who knew that Anakin Skywalker had a Padawan and what happened, you know, obviously that Uh the Padawan had to have died at the end of clone wars. Right. Well, no, like not only did she survive that, but we see that she survived long after rebels is, right. is when she survived where it's even return of the Jedi timeline where, you know, her and Sabine are going to go try to find Ezra, but, yeah. and, and even hearing her voice in rise of Skywalker, you know, Filoni tweeted and Instagram that picture that said, you know, people thought I was dead too after the right. Skywalker yeah. came out with Ahsoka. So it's like, maybe Yoda's still out there, I think. And yeah, it's, I think so too. I mean, yeah, I, I think that, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's 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 hard to tell, and it's how was Baby Yoda born, and who to was Baby Yoda born to someone? You know, he had to have the only source of speculation that we would have would be Yaddle, who <laughs> Yaddle is the female Yoda species in episode, mm-hmm. and then I. Th- think we briefly see her in episode two is that i don't recall i can't remember but i know that like there's a point where yaddle just disappears and disappears from the council i think it's i think it's in between one and two maybe and there's like yaddle's another thing that we just we don't know anything about because she just disappears and there's nowhere in canon i think in legends she might have got killed off or something but i think in canon yaddle could still be out there too so but do we have to talk about the scientist in mando with the camino symbol on his shirt man like yeah what like that was found out so quickly after episode one came out or i mean like it it took it was so quick for people to like catch on to that 
but it's like, I, I mean, does that mean nothing? I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I, I feel like that has, it's another one of those things where it, like, it's not, a right. Coincidence, you know, I think, and, and that kind of leads into Moff Gideon, right? So, so Moff I, Gideon is obsessed with not only, you know, whatever the client was after with extracting the materials or whatever, because the client, Werner Herzog's character, mm-hmm. didn't really care if the baby was dead or alive. They, he, he just wanted the extracted material. But right. the scientists who has the Camino symbol and then Moff Gideon are both like obsessed with keeping the child alive too. So I guess that's a huge question is, is why does Moff Gideon want this child so bad? And exactly. And that's the thing is like, I wrote it down that because there's that line, obviously uh, that Gideon has, which is uh, he means more to me than you'll ever know, which is like, so it's just strange. It's like kind of like an intimate way to talk about this like thing that we would think that you would be treating as an object, you know, but then also even the client says, I think in episode three says uh, it's, it has extreme importance to me. Yeah. So like, what, like, what is that? Like they both feel, I don't know if they feel connected to it emotionally, but to him, to baby Yoda emotionally, but it's like, it's like the, the emphasis on his capture is so, uh, is so strong. It's like, it's not just like a criminal that they're trying to capture. You know, it's like, there's, it's a, it's a lot more than that. And you can tell that pretty much right away, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And it's, that's, it's stressed throughout the entire series, how important this child is. And with Moff Gideon, I think, and I don't know if it's really a theory or if it's just kind of known or whatever, but I think that, Moff Gideon's a lot higher up in the Empire food chain than yeah. maybe we think because I think he's it's just Moff Gideon so he's not like a grand Moff you know like Tarkin was but right. there's a lot of information obviously he has the dark saber you know so he's yeah I I can't imagine he just has that just because he found it you know I think he has that mm-hmm. for a reason and I think he I think he's really high up there with the Empire where he probably had contact with the emperor right and this is this is going down you go down so many like rabbit holes with the emperor especially now but we know that the emperor has a contingency plan after Uh return of the jedi so my guess would be that getting the baby and using these extracted materials midichlorians i don't know maybe to to create another child or clone you know obviously we have the Camino and so if if they clone it because we know that Palpatine had his son somehow (laughs) and I believe Uh that I I believe that (laughs) that his son was a strand cast, which is brought up in the Mandalorian, you know, when Mandalorian's like, do you think he's a strand cast? And Quill says, no, he's too ugly or whatever. So I'm, and I trust Quill, you know, so oh, I don't think yeah. that baby Yoda is a strand cast, but somehow they're engineering something. And I think that since the emperor got his son, 
right? And he thought that his son was going to take take over the throne and he was going to have force powers and all this stuff. When in reality, his son either didn't have force powers or just he, you know, he hid out wherever he was. So the emperor, right. you know, the contingency plan is to have whoever's next in line rule the Sith somehow. Like I said, going down a bunch of rabbit holes. But <laughs> at this point in the Mandalorian, Ray hasn't been born yet. Right. So he, there's the sun out there, but doesn't use the force. So are they trying again and trying to get another force sensitive being to be able to carry out the rest of the emperor's contingency plan? I don't know, but I feel like, I feel like somehow the contingency plan and I, it's so weird talking about it. Cause it's, it's been brought up in, you know, a lot of the novels and things like that about this contingency right. plan. And I hear aftermath. Yeah. Yeah. And like getting into the semantics of all that stuff just seems like totally weird to go down those holes, but where we, where we're sitting in the canon, it's, it's a weird spot anyways. And so it is, yeah. I, I don't know. There's, there's all sorts of possibilities. And one thing, and this <laughs> I kind of talked about it a few episodes ago when we were getting ready for the Clone Wars, but Ochi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Is, what about it? Where's Ochi at this time, right? He, I don't know. <laughs> so I think at this time, Ochi is probably looking for the sun. And then Ray isn't conceived, I think, until nine years after the. The math is is so hard. The timelines are so hard to keep up with. It's really difficult. I think nine years after season one of The Mandalorian is when Rey is born. So Ochi's probably still after that son to figure that out. But maybe Ochi has... The reason I bring up Ochi is because I really just want them to bring him back into canon so they can explain his line of thinking and his entire timeline because I'm still confused about it. I mean, look, I don't really... (laughs) (laughs) i don't really know i don't really know i don't i don't i don't know what to say um (laughs) i think (laughs) i think that that would be uh great (laughs) it would be something i'm not trying to be like a there's i don't know there's so many different ways obviously the child's important the child can use the force you know yes we know that yoda's species is rare Right. And very powerful. Yeah. Very powerful. And who knows, maybe there's, maybe there's a thing where there can only be so many of them, or there's only so many of them where maybe this is the last of the Yoda species. And they know that this species is naturally, you know, all of them are Mm -hmm. naturals with the force or something. So that really could be. And that's like, that's really interesting. It's, it, and that I think was one of the things that made it so surprising that baby Yoda uh, came into the mix at all is because Yoda has always been this character that we don't know his species and we don't know anything about like where he's from. And that's kind of been like, like a staple in, in fandom for so long that it's like uh, that it's such a mystery. So for them to bring it, bring baby Yoda into the mix and, and kind of open that up again was super, super interesting. And yeah, I mean, I feel like their their opportunities are pretty much limitless right now. But even just to go back backwards a little bit, like I I want to know so much more about. I mean, because even once it's all revealed, if it is ever revealed, as far as 
where Baby Yoda came from and why Baby Yoda is a thing, like all of those details. How did he get to the place where Mando found him? And was he taken, who was he taken from to be there? You know what I mean? Like if he was quote unquote, like created or whatever, it's like, that was something when I was rewatching that was like, uh, striking me was like, how did he end up in that first location being guarded by all those people for all the bounty hunters to go after him? Who put him there? You know, that was something that I, that's like, I want to know that, you know, and then if we do get more information, I'm just going to go back to like, yeah, but how did he end up there in the first place? And then like, did the, the client doesn't know where he is, which is why they send the bounty hunters, but it's like, did, when was he ever in their possession? Like, it's just so, I want to know all about that timeline once we get there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who's this third party that's keeping baby Yoda? That's the, that's a huge thing. We also, we also obviously have these two factions. We have Moff Gideon and the client who are yeah remnants of the empire. And then we have the Mandalorian, but yeah, you're right. Like the Mandalorian took the child from somebody else like who who was that and where did they get him and why do they have him and who are they working for exactly and like when him and when when mando and and ig11 go in there i mean they obviously have to take out like a ton of dudes to get in there so it's like who are they working for and do they even know what they're protecting yeah. You know, because the the pod when they find it is kind of off to the side and it even has like I think it has like a a net over it to kind of make it look inc- like inconspicuous like you won't really notice it. So it's like where like what is that about, you know, and is that going to come into play? And another thing that I was really thinking about when I was rewatching and and something that I'm interested to see if it moves forward like how it moves forward is um you know, obviously uh baby Yoda is like has a lot of like quote unquote like silly moments or like cute moments where he is acting like not acting like but is is shown to be kind of like a baby but there's also a lot of moments where it's very clear that he's aware of what's going on so I'm interested to see how that ends up playing a role because like when he saves when he saves or helps Mando with the mudhorn or like all those other moments later in the season where it's clear that he's kind of like conscious when he force chokes Cara Dune and when he heals grief Karga, it's like he knows what's going on. So if he's just observe observing all this time, like I'm interested to see how that plays a role as he like, quote, like again, quote unquote, like ages, will he keep acting like in that kind of infant way or will it, lean more towards him being more aware of the situation because he obviously is like able to understand what's going on to a certain extent. So I'm, I'm really interested to see how that plays into it moving forward, you know? Yeah. Just how baby Yoda, how the Yoda species age is crazy. First off. Exactly. Yeah. And that tiny, but then by the time he gets to a hundred. So in the next 50 years, he could be a Jedi Knight like you. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, maybe it's a year and he's fully mature now, you know, we don't know how long that's really going to take. If it's just going to be overnight, is it going to take gradual 50 years or or what it's going to be like? So yeah, it's totally, yeah, it's, it's crazy. But yeah, so we leave season two 
with the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda now being a clan of two, which is, you know, it's kind of like, it's kind of granted to him almost by the armor where it's, I love it. Yeah. yeah it's uh, kind of a ritualistic moment, which is kind of cool, but she says that you are like its father and must train it or and help it, help him find his people. Right. Uh, right. Like that. Find, yeah. find its people and, or until it's of age. So there's basically hmm. where they're going to go in season two. It seems like we're going to be on the search for baby Yoda's, origins and species and homeworld and everything like that but we don't know how long the mandalorian is going to last but i think they're gonna get too many more answers in episode or in season two because if they're doing a season three the child at this point the child's locked in like baby yoda's locked (laughs) in they're not gonna they're not gonna continue without baby yoda so they can't just you can't just find the home planet in season two and just be like okay see you later you know like that's that's very true <laughs> there were so many opportunities throughout the first season where it's like okay that could be the end of baby Zoda's story after the second episode or whatever or uh he leaves leaves him on sorgan you know and okay well now it's back to the mandalorian's timeline or storyline right but it's like no like this is about the child and this is about the Mandalorian's relationship with the child. So yeah, it's about the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. So are we going to see first off when the armor says you must train him and the Mandalorians or no, the Mandalorian says you want me to train him and you know, like really like Mm -hmm. I have to train this and she's like, yeah. And so what's that, what's the Mandalorian training process look like first off? And I can't even imagine. (laughs) We know that Din Djarin has worn a helmet since he was probably, I don't know how old those kids were on Sorgan, but anywhere from six to 10, you know, Mm -hmm. he's he's worn a helmet forever. And that was after he was a foundling, which baby Yoda is now a foundling. I know they're not going to cover up the baby's face with a helmet, but (laughs) Wouldn't yeah. that be the, the next step for a foundling is what it kind of sounds like. Like they're going to train the baby and going to get armor and everything like that. That's really, I mean, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I'm just picturing baby Yoda in Mandalorian armor and it's great. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine that, but that is really interesting. And then also one of the things that I really uh, noticed with rewatching is uh when Mando says to the armor that he's an enemy, but he says that after the the thing with the mud horn. So he was like, he's an enemy, but he doesn't know that he's an enemy. Right. So it's interesting to go from that all the way to your clan of two and and you're going to have to train him. Like, that's just really fascinating to me. And it's like, I guess anyone who isn't Mandalorian is considered an enemy in that way. Even if they're not malicious, it's like, Maybe they just consider everyone who isn't Mandalorian an enemy. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. But anyway, um, yeah, I really don't. I don't know. Because because I feel like Baby Yoda's force powers and that side of his um, abilities is something that Mando, like, doesn't even really understand, let alone will be able to, like, relate to or help him with. So, that will be very interesting to see for sure. Definitely. I, and I think the, the whole 
Mandalorian, like the history of Mandalore and everything that we've seen, I get it so backwards a lot of the time. Like, okay, because there's just so many points in Star Wars history that we know things about Mandalore where I can't keep it straight because there's so many factions and clans and like infighting. And then, so I'm really excited, like, for the next Clone Wars episodes to get back into Mandalore. So I kind of remember that. But with, the dark saber being present at the very end with Moff Gideon, which was just, yeah, it was amazing. But I, I feel like the Mandalorian obviously is going to want to get the dark saber because they know that the history of that, and it was, you know, the first uh, Mandalorian Jedi and everything. And I feel like there's got to be a connection there with the training of baby Yoda that kind of, it made me think of rebels when, Kanan trains Sabine when when Sabine gets a dark saber and she's training like he's having her train like a Jedi and that's interesting because training baby Yoda is not going to be like training a normal you know human or any other alien race uh child true with the force in there so like the Mandalorian is going to have to learn a lot about all of that so I don't know there's there's so many there's so many ways it could go. Honestly, it's like it's like anything's anything's possible. Because I feel like right after we saw the last episode and they said that, you know, you're gonna have to help Baby O to find his his people or whatever, everybody was like, Well, who are his people? Is it people who are force sensitive? Is it right. you know, so like who's alive now? We were like all doing all the math in our heads and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it's that's really just just he- yeah just hearing uh who are your people it reminds me of solo and yeah when, solo, when han solo gets his last name you know he's like who are your people and just goes to the joke of everybody in the star wars universe being obsessed with last names and i think blast points right pointed that out <laughs> but yeah right. the lady at the end of rise of skywalker like ray who and the, and the aki aki like what's your last name i like who cares what the last name is, you know, like I'm telling you my name, you know, uh, what's the big deal. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. My hope for season two is that we see baby Yoda in full Mandalorian armor fitted perfect with, even with it going over his ears, like not his ears poking out, but like going over his ears and baby Yoda using the dark saber. That's, that's my hope for season two. But <laughs> I mean, I support I support you in that. Thank you. But <laughs> Baby Yoda isn't going to be like jumping around and hopping and stuff because he hasn't figured that out yet. So I think it'd just be maybe some training with the. With oh, the that would over. be cute. I don't know. I'm just I'm very excited for season two and and anxious yeah. to see where it goes. And uh, there's well, yes, I I support. I support your dream of seeing Baby Yoda with the Darksaber. I don't know that that's going to happen, but I am very interested in whatever they do with the character because their options are pretty much limitless with what they could do. Uh, Yeah, so. It is, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's definitely a pipe dream, but thank you for supporting me, but I... always. (laughs) The I, I could see something like I could see a small part of one episode being like, okay, 
it's part of the Mandalorian creed to wear this armor. And so they're trying to put a helmet on the baby and he just like keeps taking it off or he uses a force to stop him. Like, no, I'm not going to wear that. I don't know. There's, we can see, we'll we'll see when, when season (laughs) two hits and, and it opens up with a tiny helmet with giant ears, like I'll, I'll be, uh, I'll be, I'll be clapping pretty good. I know you will. (laughs) No. Yeah. I mean, honestly, there's nothing that I'm not open to at this point with baby Yoda. I feel like they've set it up in a way where it's so mysterious, but in like a really fun way that, yeah, I'm just really, really interested to see how it goes and what kind of trouble the two of them get into baby Yoda and Mando. Cause you know, they're going to get into trouble and probably make some new friends and then also make a ton of enemies too. So yeah, they're going to, that'll be fun. They're going to have some adventures for sure. Because at the end of season one, do all of the other, I totally forget. Do all of the other bounty hunters still have the fobs for baby Yoda? Or is that, I don't think so because I think that I, I think that, the Mandalorian took out a lot and the, and the Mandalorians took out a lot of the bounty hunters. And I think grief, I think grief has a line of um, that. This would like basically clear the baby. And yeah, I can't remember the exact details, but I, I feel like they're in the clear for the time Mm. being, you know, I think that's kind of how they left season one, which I I just want to say too. and this should have been on my top four and I'm just now, it's just now coming to me, but one of the best moments of the whole series is when at the very end, the Mandalorian has his jetpack and he's flying off mm-hmm. and we get baby Yoda, you know, on his shoulder looking down at Cara Dune and grief Karga. And it's the, it mirrors the exact shot that we see when, the Mandalorian when Din Djarin was rescued by the Mandalorian and he's going up to, in the air when the Mandalorian's on his jetpack. It's the same exact shot. Oh, it was it's, great. Yeah. It's so good. I, this it's such a great show. I'm so excited. I'll, I'll Me be too. Hope, yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll get lucky and they'll release it early with everything that's going on. And instead yeah, of, I mean, I think it's October that it's supposed to come out, but yeah, hopefully maybe we'll see it a little bit sooner. Yeah, they've said October, and then also I know that filming wrapped before all of this uh, stuff started, so that's promising if they're able to still work on it. I don't know, but um, I can think of very little that I would not be open to, so, you know, it's like, bring it on, let's see what happens. Whatever it is, it's going to be really, I think it's going to be really, really intense, just because they set the bar really high for themselves with season one, but in a way that I think is, is good. It's not uh, detrimental to them. Like if you set the bar really high and then you can't come back, I think it's, it's like they set the bar really high, but in a way that is very easy to expand upon and adventure within that universe. And then just the, the level of special effects that they're working with in those behind the scenes videos that got posted and stuff. It's like, they could they could do anything basically at this point with that stuff. So I I I trust that team. I think that 
they're on the, they're seriously on the ball. Obviously George Lucas, you know, he stopped by with that picture of him uh, with baby Yoda. Yeah. So that, that so should I'm, actually, you know. that should actually be my top one baby Yoda moment of George Lucas holding baby Yoda in that picture. That was the craziest. I, it's so funny. Cause I remember my, my mom was trying to like talk to me about something and I was like mom I'm trying to talk to you right now but they just posted a picture of George Lucas with baby Yoda you need to give me 20 minutes like I'm sorry <laughs> need to cool <laughs> like, off. It, yeah. it was just the best oh it was the best thing ever so I mean obviously there's this like crazy pipe dream of George coming to direct an episode. I obviously don't think that would ever happen, but like, oh my God, can you imagine? Yeah. But even just the fact that he like stopped by is like so fun. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's, I'm glad he's still there and like still, you know, as active as he can be and as active as he wants to be, you know, with it. And yeah, it, it was great to see him. And then there was some behind the scenes footage and uh, photos of him, you know, with Filoni on episode one, you know, directing. Right. And he was just standing by. It's just, it's cool to see those two together and to see them see him it's so fun and then there was that whole thing where uh phil tippett tweeted and was like uh the special effects guy phil tippett tweeted and was like i've been watching i think it's so great i think you guys are doing such a great job and then john favreau replied and was like come hang out we're talking about how cool it would be if you were involved so that's like so fun is like i feel like they're the team is good and they're bringing on people like all the directors for season one were so compelling and so unique and so like had such unique voices. And like, I, I hope that some of them come back, but then I hope they also like find even more unique voices. And like, I just trust what they're doing. I was so blown away by season one that I'm like, whatever it is for season two, I want to see it. And baby Yoda, whatever happens, I'm, I'm interested, you know, I agree. Yeah. And it'll, it'll be here before we know it seems like a long time, but there's only so many more speculating uh, or speculation <laughs> talk, you know, that you can do. So it's uh, exactly, it'll sneak up <laughs> on us. So, uh, but yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's going to wrap up our baby Yoda discussion for today, at least uh, <laughs> we'll see if, if uh, we have a uh, hundred more questions after, after, our talk but Kara thank you so much for coming back on the show uh, thank you for having me yeah it's a, it's a lot of fun been a great couple chats with you so can you tell the people where they can find you yes uh the best place to find me is on instagram at sacred something by Kara it's Kara with a k sacred something by Kara that's me I'm pretty much only on instagram um, so yeah, find me there. Uh, I have links to order all of my zines and things like that. I do have a really nice baby Yoda art print that maybe I'll put that up again when this uh, episode goes up. Uh, I really love that collage. So yes. yeah, I'm just making more stuff. May is going to be really fun. It's empire strikes back's 40th anniversary. So I'm doing lots of cool stuff for that. And yeah, thanks to Travis for having me on again to talk about this craziness. Thanks for dealing with me yelling at you about all the stuff I was finding on Wikipedia because I was having a meltdown. And, and yeah, I'm psyched for season two. Whenever it happens, I am ready. Definitely. And yes, thanks again for joining me. And for sure, follow Kara if you aren't already on Instagram. Just 
great stuff all the time uh posted just <laughs> very Thanks. just the creativity on your collage art's great and yeah the zines i love getting them like i said i'm getting the getting the next one tomorrow in the mail so i can't wait to open it up and get into it and then yeah i ordered a print from your shop that you had open last week and i am so excited to get that and get it framed and get it up on the wall and everything so yeah yes make sure you send me a picture too once you frame it absolutely sure. <laughs> absolutely i will well thanks thanks again for coming on and uh you can follow the show on twitter at force time pod and i think we're at 21 followers now so we're getting there every every yes. episode that goes out you know i think me saying this at the end of the show is really helping out so we're uh <laughs> we're getting we're, we're getting there but uh yeah thanks thanks again and may the force be with you <laughs> <laughs>